The Those Guys with Ships Show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Okay, so I'm going to hold my ear up to the microphone, and I want you guys to look in there and see if you can see it. Ew. What is oh, that? Oh, it's oh. like Star Trek or something. Did you, did, did you see it? It's right right below the cochlea uh, in the eustachian tube. Oh. Bleep. I haven't even had dinner yet. You lance that I guess or now I'm not, not having right. dinner. It's Leonard Cohen, because he's stuck in my head because he's dead. Oh. oh. Way to disgust and then depress it me. It still smells like cheese, so... Mm-hmm. Well, he was not a young man. <laughs> wow. Did you plan that, or did you literally just come up with that on the spot? Because if it was on the spot, I'd be very impressed. Well, If he took impressed. time, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm a little sad. We are Those Guys With Ships, and this is episode number 131 of our show. This is the Those Guys With Ships show, our gaming community podcast, in which we discuss all the things a gaming community discusses. Today is November 15th, 2946, um, and it's been a while, so I'm going to do the quick recap of uh, what it is that we are, uh, who we are, what we are. Um, So Those Guys With Ships, we are... That's who we are. We are those guys for ships. And we are primarily a Star Citizen gaming community, though we do play other games, too. Uh, We do this podcast to showcase our organization and to hopefully attract other Star Citizen enthusiasts, more or less like us, to come out and play the game with our group. Uh, We read... uh, You can read all about our community at our website. It is versecast.org. Go there. It is fun. Now, this show, as opposed to our official news and information show, is our community show. What that means is that we talk about what we are playing together now, and we make cool plans for what and when and how we will be playing together in the future. Like our other show, we try to keep things simple, just friends sitting around talking about the games we share a passion for. So if you haven't, if you're new to the show, because we've had had some new followers. If you're new to the, you okay over there? Whoa. Yeah. Easy. It fell yeah, down. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine. Have maybe, you been drinking again, Ace? Maybe fell down. <laughs> a little. We've uh, talked a about little. this. He's celebrating. <laughs> Let the man celebrate. Celebrating? I have not been celebrating. Sure. I have been coping, sir. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's never a good sign. No, right? I, I, yeah. no as well. All, yeah, well. Yeah, well, hold on. Let me pour myself a drink, too, Ace. Right. It all involves drinking, so I'm pretty sure you're <laughs> safe regardless. Celebrating, oh. crying. What's the difference? Oh, it's all, it's all involved, sweet involves Jesus. tears and drinks. If, <laughs> if you're new to the organization, now you know what we're about. <laughs> that I was, swear this is not, that was a long way to go. This is, not uh, the a, this is not the AA podcast. <laughs> Does that mean we have to we have to sell it for uh, indie prices on Steam? Yes. Uh, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> right. Don't sell it for AAA amounts. And speaking of publishers, Mark, are you going to uh, um, uh, enlighten us with a little bit of your um, 
little off the cuff uh, beat poetry. We'll try. We'll give it a try. Um, okay. Do you want? Do you want? Gi- give me a segue. Well, I think I think Jimmy Jimmy is going to give us um, a, a musical uh, segue. Though he lacks the instrument, I am entirely confident in his ability to improvise. Jimmy, cats and kittens, take a minute, take a breath, smell a rose. Let me introduce to you one hip daddyo, a cool cat, a beat poet, a people's people. Let me welcome up to the stage, Mark. Mad cow. This one I entitled Don't Be a Publisher from the Tomas on Star Citizen Reddit. Publishers complain about missed demos. Publishers complain about pushing back delivery dates. Publishers force developers to take the easy route. The cheap route. Compromise the vision order to meet release dates. Publishers are the problem. I give SIG money specifically to, pe- to keep publishers out of this process. I give them money to put feature-rich, revolutionary gameplay before target dates and zero-day patches. Revolutionary, man. Revolutionary. As a community, we we have effectively paid to keep publishers away. Don't become the publisher. Thank you. Oh, it's powerful stuff. So groovy, just, like, man. I feel so it. groovy. <laughs> and <laughs> scene. All right. <laughs> can, can I just say, Jimmy, you belong on like national public radio. I could, I could, I can, I can picture myself driving to church, listening to you, uh, doing your best to Garrison Keeler Prairie Home <laughs> Companion impression. Oh, nice. There's an interesting thought for you. There you go. Well, now you have a second mm-hmm. job. Exactly. <laughs> That's the news from Lake Wobegon. So they that had been uh, discussed on a, on a couple of other uh, media outlets, and uh, thought that that uh, was very um, a very succinct and valuable uh, little bit of information, a little bit of context, given uh, uh, some of the upset uh, that came out of um, uh, well, the upset that exists on a daily basis. So um, uh, with uh, the development process for Star Citizen, so. Don't that, be the publisher, folks. That was originally posted on Reddit, correct? By the yes, it to- is. The, the and Thomas. there's a link in the show notes to it. Yeah, it looks right, like the right, Tomas right. to me. No, the Tomas. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, <laughs> if we're doing it by poetry, we've got to give his name a little pizzazz. It's true. Probably is Tomas Absolutely. anyway. But I think it should yeah, be. Yeah. yeah, we kick it up a notch here. I agree. I like yeah. it. Um, no, and that's it, it. Brings up an interesting point. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, obviously we wrapped it in beat poetry, which makes everything spectacular. True story. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's there's you know, it's not just in gaming. It's you know, you've got you've got armchair or you know uh, armchair quarterbacks, and you know everyone seems to have an opinion on things that they don't necessarily know about. And I'll be the first one to admit if I don't know something, I don't know something. Um, for like, me, do you mean like uh, when you use what is that? Uh, was that euphemism or whatever it is? Or no, it's not what. What is that? When you uh, take two, uh, two, it's an acronym. Holy crap! I really can't think of this, guys. Yeah, a perfect example. Two armchair, two words, he did, he did armchair general, 
and Monday, what was it, uh, Monday morning quarterback, and combine mm. them to an armchair quarterback. It's called a portmanu. I don't, wow. <laughs> Ace. Portmanu, yeah. Nailed yeah. it. See? Well See? done. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, it, 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 does, it does speak to the fact that, you know, most of us are not developers. We don't really understand the process. Um, I find it fascinating. Um, I don't mind the delays. Um, I know that that's, that comes to the territory. Um, and I love watching the development cycle. I love watching where the game was. We all remember what it was like to play the game when Arena Commander first launched. And, mm-hmm. you know, look at where we are now. Uh, and look at where we're going, you know. But it is a process, and along that road, there are a lot of stopgap, or there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, blockers, and mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of stopgaps that are not necessarily, for example, um, you know the hollow table. We we all remember the hollow table. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know a fair number of stopgaps and a fair number of blockers that have to be worked through for any game that you're developing. Never mind a game that is cutting edge. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's yeah, we're in uncharted territory. It's like yeah. one of those old uh, maps of the world where the parts they didn't know they just put drew in a bunch of monsters. That's where we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just you know I think the key is is don't be one of those entitled people. You know, where's my stuff? I yeah. want my stuff. You know, it's it's development. Let it just happen. Yeah. I have a twenty dollar Aurora package. Where's my game? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I've been playing lots of other stuff in the meantime. Exactly. There's like, other games to play. We're all excited about it. I am literally on the edge of my seat for this Prowler thing. Cannot, uh-huh. practically can't sleep. So excited. And it's going to... Mm-hmm. But you know what? I just tell these guys all the time how much I, how excited I am. It doesn't really he matter. Does. If they, you know, it does. It's not a big deal. Really odd hours. Really odd hours. Well, for you guys. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get into the Star Citizen, it's time for a new segment called Three Second Movie Reviews. Ace has seen it. I have seen it. I don't know about you other guys, but... Doctor Strange. Nope. Nope. Three seconds. I liked it. Ace? It was cosmic. There you have it. The first installment of three-second movie reviews. Spoiler free. (laughs) Now with half the spoilers of our usual spoiler free. Lovely. It's the skim version. (laughs) It's it's lean. All right. Well, um, hey, we're bringing back some of the old segments. Uh, that was a new segment. Uh, old segments, we're bringing them back. And, uh, Jimmy, I think that means it's up to you. Well, I wouldn't really say that we're bringing back old segments. I'd say that we're you know, cycling through segments depending on the situations and the circumstances. Uh, let's be honest, a three-second movie review is not a time filler. So we probably well. If you guys had seen it, it would have been an additional six seconds. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Homework. Hello. Yeah, I was not told about this. I was unaware. Mm -hmm. I did not get the memo. No, there was no memo here. So bringing it back uh, old school, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, a segment uh, I like to call "You're on a controller." There you go. Wow, we really oh, by need the way. Like, sound effects or bongos or we need something. That was Ace Killer with his controller. That, yeah, that was that was that. Remember that was the. Uh, um, and he was ready. Oh yeah, I had to sit right here waiting for me. Hey, hey guys, uh, not to interrupt. My dog just brought a giant log in the house, and now he's taking it over the couch. He's gonna chew it up. Oh, yep, he's gonna get on the couch. Are well, you sure that's wood? Oh, it's <laughs> it's got leaves and everything, sir. Okay. <laughs> Get him to the vet immediately. I'm taking one for the team, but I'm gonna let him chew that thing on my brand new couch just so that I don't have to get up and interrupt the show. Oh, Uh, puppies! Mm -hmm. So, 
for this week, uh, for uh, You're Out of Controller, I'd like to take a moment to talk about uh, a website uh, called uh, Monster Tech. Uh, it's a company that is, I believe, out of Germany, and they do um, machined uh, metal, uh, heavy-duty uh, peripheral uh, mounting systems. And they have a whole host of things. Um, I actually uh, had purchased one for my uh, Warthog. And because I, you know, for the longest time, it's, and I'm sure Ace, you've had this problem too. It's really difficult to find a place on your desk that's comfortable for, for a stick, uh, for a stick and a throttle. And well, I actually have an end table that's thin but long. Right. And so I have enough room for all three devices. But if I had like an actual, like, regular desk oh yeah 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 not that never goes over well and then it's there's also something to be said for placement too um you know i fly uh mouse and throttle so you know i don't necessarily need to have a place for the stick but the throttle you know it's a throttle so i want to have it in in a spot that's comfortable i don't want to have it up on the desk and so I'm sure that I'm not the only person that feels that way, and a lot of people end up, you know, stacking boxes or, um, you know, putting, you know, putting milk crates, you know, next to your desk. I had even considered like, you know, a couple of cinder blocks because it, it's got more weight to it, um, to try and find something that's stable and comfortable. And then of course you do that, and then you end up, you know, you're you're flying and you're not paying attention, and then the throttle ends up moving around because it's not really locked down. So. You know, I was desperate for a solution, and I wasn't really sure what to do. And and if you Google that that type of product, it's there's not a whole lot out there. It's not the easiest thing in the world to find. And so, uh, Monster Tech popped up on my search, and I immediately started looking into what they had. And it's absolutely incredible. They do, for example, just talking about stick and throttle, they do um, these machined clamps. They're they're Aluminum, uh, and they're very heavy duty, and they're designed to to clamp onto your desk. And the the materials that are used are are really solid. So when you do clamp it onto the desk, uh, it it doesn't go anywhere. It's like it's part of the desk. It's absolutely amazing. And what's really cool is that the, they have removable bases or removable platforms, and they have a whole host of different ones for mounting different sticks and different throttles. They have one that's perfect for the Warthog, including the um, bolt holes so that you can bolt it right down on top of the uh, on top of the desk mount. And it's just, it's fantastic. It, the, the weight is incredible. The, it doesn't move at all. And it has an adjustable height, so you can really set it to exactly where you want it to be. Uh, it's a little bit pricey. Uh, the price point can be a little bit up there. It's, uh, I think, 100 and change, if I remember. And it does take a little bit of time uh, as far as delivery goes, uh, something that I wasn't really aware of yet. It's about $112, um, but well worth it. Uh, the, the money spent has paid itself back tenfold in the fact that when I sit at my desk and I go fly, um, I'm not even thinking about my throttle anymore. It's, it really feels like, you know, like when you get behind the wheel of a car. You know, it's just very natural. And I, I would have paid more for that up for for the ability to do that especially to adjust it to exactly the height that i need and um so yeah it's absolutely fantastic they have uh but the like i said the lead time on it's a bit a bit long it usually takes if if you order one i would expect uh to be waiting about eight weeks um yeah that's a while 
So, but the thing is, they you know well, they have to grow the aluminum. I think they have to grow the aluminum. Yes. Aluminum trees. They, they, and the problem is it's probably the season too. Aluminum trees don't grow well in the winter. Long winters no, in Germany. No, no, no. It's definitely yeah. off season. I mean, you know, these are definitely things that uh, that you need to consider when you know growing aluminum. But uh, <laughs> they've got uh, they've got mounts for mm, uh, log. for the seal uh, <laughs> log. For the CH, uh, for the CH Flyer, for the CH Pro Throttle, the Logitech uh, G940, uh, the Cytec uh, X52 series, uh, Thrustmaster Cougar, uh, Thrustmaster uh, T1600, the, the Warthog, as I'd mentioned, uh, the uh, VKB Black Mamba. So there's a whole host of different mounts that you can that you can purchase that go along with the uh, with or different mounts that go along with the clip that attaches to the desk. Oh wait, so it's not just a single. Oh, so you don't buy the clip; it actually is separate from the actual mounts. You just buy the mounts then as like additional. Add-ons to the clip or to the yeah, I guess that'd be the desk clip. Is that the way that? Well, works? yeah, you can buy them as complete kits, though. Um, oh, you know, okay. I, I yeah, I had bought a, a full um, Warthog uh, throttle kit, and then uh, but you can also you know buy just the mount and then go ahead and look for the specific uh, the, the specific uh, throttle mount. If you okay, will. so it's not yeah. something you can really change in and out on a whim. Is that what you're saying? Like if you have you know, different things you use frequently for maybe different games. It's really just a, once you get whatever you have, you can't really be changing it out. No, actually, I think you can change it out pretty easily. Um, oh, okay. every, yeah, everything is, uh, if you take a look at the site, everything has um, uh, Allen keyed uh, uh, screws into it, Scru- oh, okay. screws on them. Yeah, I was actually looking so, at the pictures and they look like rivets, <clears throat> but okay, oh, this must be Allen yeah. keys then, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Allen keys. So you, you can totally unscrew those uh, and take that plate off, put a different plate on. Um, you'll notice uh, that you've got a height adjustment uh, and it's a pretty wide berth on the height adjustment. You can go, um, I would say it's probably a good, probably a good eight, nine inches, maybe even, maybe even up to a foot. Um, of room that you've got to play to adjust uh, the height that you want and get it really right where you want it to be. But, you know, if you've got a higher-end stick or a higher-end uh, throttle, I really can't um, sing their praises enough. Uh, it, it is really high quality, really well-machined, uh, and like I said, once, uh, once I mounted it to the desk, it, it now feels like it's just part of the desk. Um, there's no give whatsoever, uh, which obviously you want when you're flying with a stick and a throttle. Uh, beyond that, they've got a whole host of uh, stands that they offer, uh, full sim rigs that they offer. Uh, you know, it, there's really, you know, and it, it looks like it's all made from the same um, machined aluminum, but it's really creative the way that they've done it. And, you know, when you start getting into the bigger pieces, uh, they're actually really not that bad price wise. They've got a nice uh, sim rig uh, base frame for you know for like card for like a car mount uh, and that only that starts at like 250 and that's not too bad uh, you know to to get going on a sim pit nice. so nice. it looks like when you have these they really pull away from the desk some so you're not really losing any real estate on your desk really to speak of when you're using them it looks like yeah no it's right? yeah it's actually completely out of the way um, you know, it's, uh, like I said, if I, I roll up onto my desk, it's right there to the left. Uh, it's positioned in a place that feels really good for flying. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing underneath it, you know, because before, I, like I said, I'd had basically stacked up um, some books and boxes just to get even close to the height that I wanted. Um, but, you know, that's a big footprint, you know, and then yeah. you end up banging into it and it's not really locked down. Uh, and this is very clean. Uh, it takes up very little space, and yeah, it's uh, you don't even notice it's there, um, and it's and and it's there when you need it. 
Yeah, for people thinking about, I mean, the warthog that that throttle is pretty heavy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yeah. So something that heavy, I mean, that's really the high. That's really the the, the was it the high end in terms of uh, uh, where your weight's going to you know the amount of weight that you're going to have on something like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that'd be my oh, dog ring by. Puppies and girlfriends. Puppies and that, girlfriends. That'd be my girlfriend being mad about it. I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's. I really recommend going over checking out Monster Tech. Uh, they have some really amazing peripherals uh, across the board. You know, from just going from something as simple as a table mount mm-hmm. to doing something as high end as a sim rig. Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, um, uh, we move from peripherals to flight models. Yay! Oh, and a segment that we like to call. In the loop. We have really got to work on these segment intros, guys. I don't know. I have always enjoyed. It was oh, wow. Whoa. I have always enjoyed the loop segment, if only for that. I like watching my waveform when I say loop. Loop. In any case, yes. Um, in Layu of the ever advancing 2.6. Um, I decided to, for In The Loop, to break down some of the flight model changes that they had proposed, what they may mean for gameplay, how it's going to change how things feel, and a little history as to why they want to go this way and and what the the experience has been so far. Hold on, let me take off my pants because I'm actually really excited to hear your thoughts on this segment. Whoa. That's... We have to put the explicit tag on this episode. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> whoa. Fantastic. Whoa. Whoa, guy. Whoa. Edumacatus. He's so, telling me about space, uh, space flight. <laughs> so, uh, a couple things, and if you guys can see my documentation here, I've actually got some actual notes. Hooray. You do? Wow. Um, so, the first thing to note is what they are intending to do, which is generally halving velocity across the board. So, this is top speed. Um, and they're using the Gladius as sort of the linchpin for the whole group of ships. Uh, and they're moving its top speed from what's like 210, 220, yeah, to about 140 or so. Really? Wow. That's like, using, so that's like from the, the, the speed that it was to the speed of an Aurora. That's essentially. Wow. Um, and then other vessels will be modified according to those, using that as a ratio. So if, if the Hornet is, say, 80% as fast as the... Uh, Gladius is now, it'll be roughly the same, just at a lower velocity. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, they're also increasing acceleration, uh, so faster stops and starts. Okay. Um, and they're working on dialing health and shields and weapons. Um, it was mentioned that they are increasing fuel reserves for boost and afterburner. Um, some strong output for both. Uh, afterburner, in particular, singled out to get some major increases to be useful for getting in and out of combat quickly mm-hmm. um so you know if you someone on your tail you you open up the throttle and you and you you extend and escape um the intended effect according to cig's commentary was that they wanted to reduce the need for minute to minute throttle management <laughs> what, is going, yeah, what is going on back there, there? This dog with the stick man oh <laughs> well, just keep talking i'm totally listening i am going to steal it and you may hear me yelling at him so just keep going Okay, I feel like I'm I'm a professor giving a lecture in a rowdy uh, lecture hall. Be like, hey, hey, put down that spit wad. Pay attention. There will be there will be a test, 
And if I don't see you taking your syllabus home with you, I will be very upset with you. Um, so reducing the need for minute-to-minute throttle management, expanding ease of use, and the words exactly used were ships should slide less, feel a bit more heavy, and be less about jousting. Did he just that's, shoot one um, of them? That's great. Yeah. Well, so... I I can see where they're coming from, having flown ships like the Gladius, the Saber, and perhaps the most extreme example of this, the... Um, Gladiator. Well, I'll say the M50. The Gladiator. Wait, no, we just said that. No, yeah, the no, M50. Well, the, Glad- the Gladiator was sort of the more, the more sluggish, most sluggish ship. Yeah, it's the closest ship. to, I think, what they're looking for. Right, right, right. But I feel like the M50 is emblematic of all the problems that they're, that they're trying to avoid. I mean, uh, the thing is, like, and Ace, let me, let me know if you agree or not, but but as someone that has been actively pursuing becoming a better pilot and getting to a point where I feel, you know, fairly confident behind the stick, I tend to, when I go into combat, I tend to fly at half speed anyway. Yep, I do the same. I do not fly at full speed. Mm-hmm. I actually dial down maybe a 75, 60%, yeah. uh, so that I have... I'm not flying so fast that my thrusters can't maneuver me in a direction that I want to go. I don't feel like I'm out of control. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, there's a certain certain level of precision that you have. And the thing is, anybody that tries to joust me learns very quickly that that's a bad idea. And I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, it's really easy. It, like Jousting is kind of like the inexperienced pilot's way of fighting. And well, I was going to mention that because in early World War II you saw a lot of what was referred to as the circle of death, which is two airplanes both turning right, circling each other, and pulling further back on the stick with the intention of getting their guns on each other. This is before air combat rules were ever developed. And so you'd have these massive circles where aircraft were circling each other, you know, spiraling lower and lower. This became referred to as the wheel or circle of death. Now imagine you have you're in space and your vessels no longer have a need to uh, keep moving in a straight direction. Like the, the lift is no longer an issue. You don't have to. You don't have to always keep going in a straight direction. So that flattens that circle. Now, what do you have? Pizza. Yes, <laughs> the pizza <laughs> yes. of death. No, what I say is, if you flatten that circle, you now have a line oh. back and forth. Oh, other well, axis. Damn it. And and, and so now you have. <laughs> You have these ships passing each other and then turning around and then passing each other again. So the the circle of death has flattened to this single line jousting behavior because that's the it becomes sort of like the instinctual uh, thing to do is you you want to get your guns on the on the other guy. So you, you you pull and pull and pull until your nose is facing him. Then you fire as you pass each other and then you do it again and you have that jousting scenario. Otherwise known as the line of discomfort. Yes, mm. indeed. There's a, there's uh, so a for that. <laughs> what I what I think they're trying to Boom. do is trying to move the combat feeling for Star Citizen closer to, I'd say, mid to late war, World War II era. Okay. Where well, fights think- are a little slower, they're a little closer, and they're a little bit more aerobatic. Right, but and I think that that if uh, you know, you experienced pilots tend to go in half throttle, 
Uh, if uh, us unexperienced pilots have the option to go in full throttle or, you know, on a relative basis, then that's going to diminish. It sounds like that's going to diminish the overall quality of the potential uh, encounter. Oh, definitely. Well, and and the other thing that this that this high this sort of speed creep that we've been seeing with ships uh, is that it increases the range at which you're engaging each other. Right. World War Two and World War One aircraft engage each other at at distance of a couple of meters in some cases. Like we're talking like close enough that you may pass somebody. somebody and you may be able to see their whites, the whites of their eyes as they're passing you. Mm-hmm. Um, as aircraft have gotten faster, the ranges at which you engage someone have gotten wider. And not just because we have developed BVR uh, missiles, which, which for those who don't know, it stands for beyond visual range, i.e. you can fire a missile at somebody without necessarily seeing them and relying on your radar to project where they are. Um even early, we're talking like early Vietnam, early Korean War jet combat, where they didn't have missiles yet. They still had guns, but the aircraft were increasingly jet-powered. You had aircraft engaging each other over much longer distances because the speeds were so fast that the turn circles, which is a if you if you if you roll an aircraft to one side and then pull back on the stick. The circle that that aircraft makes as it completes a loop is referred to as your turn circle. And the faster your aircraft goes, the wider that turn circle becomes because, number one, if you pull in any tighter, you may black out the pilot. And two, the stresses and speed forces that circle wider and wider out. Uh So I can see why they're bringing the, why they're slowing the combat down is to to tighten those turn circles and, and allow pilots to have better control over how they fly. And I guess how really they still have that cruise speed anyway if you want those. I mean, even if you do joust, you joust at cruise speed, right? I mean, that's kind of what that you is. You could. escape thing, it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, yeah, really more to get away. Yeah, but you yeah, have people it, doing that. I mean, I've seen videos of, of guys going in at cruise speed using that as a, as a means of dogfighting. I have used cruise speed in some cases for dogfighting. Yeah, so I'm interested to see maybe that gives me as the, I mean... I would say fledgling pilot, but really it's more like, a, you know, the guy that never flies. So as a guy that never, never flies, flies guy. jousting was my main thing because I knew I could get my guns on it, maybe fire, and then get out, right? Because right. that's really all really I'm doing one pass, hope I do enough damage in that one pass that I can then leave and get away from him. Well, And there, and there, and there really isn't, if, if all you're firing on is a pip, which is, which is yeah, what you yeah. find yourself doing more, as, as those ranges increase... You stop firing on the other the other ship. You rely more and more on your computer yeah, system to absolutely. tell you where to fire. Okay, um, and you don't get to see the awesomeness that is all the work they're putting into these ships. No, I mean, you see you see the LOD models, and then they pass by each other at fractions of a second, and then yeah. you're back to seeing the LOD models again. No. How much of this do you think is because of multi cruise ships? Um, because I can tell you from sitting in in a uh, cock, in a, a cockpit in a um, in a, uh, a turret, that the ships pass you so quickly that there is no way you can get um, get uh, get a line of sight. That's and, a good and point. Get a shot off. Didn't even think about the turrets. Yeah, it's They've a good been having a problem with those for a long time. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then unfortunately, you know, you you Jimmy, you're talking about how um, you want to avoid the uh, the Star Wars Galaxies issue, where if you're in a turret, your pilot basically has to fly a straight exactly. line. Exactly. Um, 
generally speaking, in 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 turreted combat, you don't want to have yeah. the the large ship even moving that much if you can avoid it. Partly because the other vessels are moving so much faster than in front of you. Uh, World War II bombers would fly in a box formation, so you'd have left, right, left, right, and this you know forward, back, and shot, yeah, and shot calling. And they would be able to fire basically into a field of fire that they were all shared, and they could use that to ensnare the faster-moving aircraft. Um, but even in those scenarios, you know, you don't—they they don't move very much. The, the the gunners are moving, but the pilots are trying to keep their aircraft as steady as possible. I don't—I um, I don't see that changing all that much. Um, but yeah, I think, neither do I. I think with the the slower moving ships it's going to be a lot easier to call targets um, a lot easier to coordinate between the pilot uh, and the turret operator uh, and hopefully uh, allow for on the occasion when you know that ship just happens to pass you know across your your line of sight that you're able to get a shot off because like I said every time I've gotten into a turret and even tried to get uh, you know a, a shot off the, the ships just fly by at an incredibly fast rate of speed yeah there's really no chance and it can it and it can be can be done accurately. I was playing uh, Planet Side Two with some buddies a couple nights ago, and I'm flying that Valkyrie, and I've got a guy manning the the bottom chin turret, and I'm rolling that thing left and right, yanking it around to to keep the uh, uh, the aircraft that we're firing on or the ground target we're firing on a dodging fire at the same time. And he was able to hit targets, so you can have a ship that bucks and swerves. And if the turret system is well implemented, the gunner can still keep an eye on their target while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So it is possible, but that's why I think the why they're why they're um, uh, making some changes to these. Also, you know, so I mentioned that they are increasing the fuel reserves for boost and afterburner. Um, you know, I found myself using boost very limited. Yeah, like yep. only only when I need to make absolute course adjustments like if uh-huh. i don't c- correct now i'm gonna smack into that rock yeah uh, hard correction uh, because the fuel Absolutely. is so because the fuel the fuel uh tank is so limited mm-hmm. hmm. so and i, I like I'm, I'm very hopeful for them improving afterburner now because if it's like i just need to get from x to z x to y in a limited amount of time and i'm willing to sacrifice any maneuverability to do that i feel like that should be an option now how do you how much do you see this changing um that like currently like when I'm flying and I'm not an aviation um, enthusiast in any way shape or form uh, you know I've I've learned how to fly in star citizen uh, and I've found that when I engage in combat what I tend to try and do is really like fly circles you know around uh, or fly fly a complete sphere around my target um, depending on how skilled they are as a pilot, I can sometimes really abuse them and, and you know fly over them, fly under them, fly around them, and constantly mix it up, um, and and really be able to put uh, put a lot of firepower down on a target. Is that is that kind of the way that you tend to fly? And and if yes or if no, how much do you think is going to change going forward with the with the velocity velocity drop? I feel like um, that is that is definitely one way to fly. Um, I feel like you're going to have probably three schools of, of flight for for an average com- combatant, someone who likes to who likes to engage in air combat. You'll have people like me who are more predispositioned to aerobatic maneuvers. Um, you'll have people who are more predis- predispositioned like you to what what amounts to 
orbital and circle strafing attacks. And some people, like some of the guys, the the White Snake and Legacy, who have managed to find a hybrid between the two, and that's the hard, that's the key right there. Okay. Um, doing stuff like rolling over into an Immelman, and then when your belly is up to the enemy, then engaging your thrusters to like circle strafe down, and then around and up in like a uh, like a forward orbit over the the, the enemy. Being able to uh, roll and then strafe all and so back and forth as a means to avoid being engaged is something that, that is going to be key for those who are going to be at the top of the heap as far as dogfighters go. By the way, I was trying to use my hands to do uh, Yeah, I was doing the same to thing. Do that, and I think I just gave myself a cramp. So, well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you now, know, these, you, these flight model changes that we're discussing, those are still with the Evocati as far as we know, right? Yes, and I, and I have a feeling that part of that is that they're trying to dial them in as much as possible. Partly because, number one, they're probably a little controversial in terms of what they, how they dramatically change how things are running, which makes sense. I mean, these are fairly sweeping changes. To the well, but works. it's not a change to the flight, and we discussed this on a previous show. It's not really a change to the flight model as much as it is to the parameters that are being fed into the model. Well, I don't know how much of that will be the case. They may actually change. Well, no, some they, of the they've model said itself. that. They've said that that it's is the model is the model. It's, okay, it's the parameters that they feed into it that are are being uh, adjusted. So um, uh, that it's been with Evocati for as long as it has been, and, and what there's like eight hundred of them. Yeah, I believe so. so yeah, there's a lot said, of them. Yeah. Yeah, have eight hundred people testing this flight? Uh, these f- the flight model changes, not the uh, not the changes to the flight model. If that makes any sense, um, uh, that it, it, there must be they must be doing massive iterations of, of tweaking to uh, to get this to where you know at the end of the day to where Chris is happy with it because it's you know it's basically. It's his game, and he wants it to be the way that he wants it to be. Well, and and I would feel it's important to point out that uh, this getting the flight model system one way or the other locked into place is vital for eighty percent of the rest of the game. Oh yeah, because yeah. once they have this in place, they know how far to place ships from each other in a combat scenario for, like, a single-player mission. Right. Because you have to know how fast your vessels are moving to plot out story beats or movement of, of, of uh, an engagement. Um, one of the things that, the, you know, one of the things that, that uh, pilots had to u- get used to moving from veterans of World War One moving to World War Two was that the aircraft were heavier, but they were also exponentially faster than World War One airplanes, which means they had to change and adjust their tactics and combat strategy. And in programming, if your vessels move are heavier and slower or more maneuverable than they were before, that's going to change the pacing of how a mission plays out. Oh, I love missions where you spend the first 20 minutes getting there. <laughs> wow, you are a glutton for punishment, sir. Uh, I have played some IL-2 missions that are like that, where it's like, Eight minutes over from you know leave leave Britain, fly over the Channel, reach uh, France, engage in combat, and then fly back. And it's like eight minutes there, eight minutes of combat, eight minutes back. And it's like it's it's a little it's a little trying. So Emerging. making sure that's all dialed in can be 
real important to do for this sort of thing. So I imagine that I imagine you're right. I imagine they are testing the the bejesus out of this thing to make sure that it is absolutely perfect so that when they release it they're like okay are we done we're done let's let's try and make sure we don't have to make any more major adjustments to the system so we can rely on it for the future yeah not not to open a can of worms but because i'm that guy i want to open a can of worms uh larger ship battles do you think they kept it slow because then uh as jimmy kind of pointed out the turret gunners do you think we're going to see more broadside types of things for these capital ships then? I mean, if, if I would assume they are also going to be affected by the speed, that means they're going to be going a lot slower, too. Well, that makes sense So the me. engagement range is probably going to be a whole lot closer. I imagine they're getting, you know, because really, if you look at these things, really what they have, they have some kind of ship-busting weapon, right? Be it, a, be it a rail gun or be it torpedoes. And then what they have is a crap ton of turrets. So I imagine we'll probably see a lot of, of sort of... Uh, Golden Age of Piracy esque broadsides. That's kind of what I'm thinking too, which is awesome for me for thinking about boarding stuff. That just sounds really cool. Trying to get in there. Like, and do you guys ever? Did you guys that. ever? You guys must. You guys remember seeing the the opening of of uh, Star Wars Episode Three, right? No, the, no, the no never course. saw it. No, never what's saw it, yeah. what's the Star <laughs> what's a, Star, yeah, Wars? Star Who? Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. That that movie that thing. Well, that, there's that, that opening scene where Obi-Wan and Anakin fly into the Battle of Coruscant, and there's a scene where a Republic destroyer and a, and a Feder, Federation ship pass each other, and they are, you know, maybe a mile apart from each other, and they're just firing shells, you know, right into each other's hulls, yep. side by side. And I think, I think that's what they're trying to go for, is that you'll have ships that are facing, like the, the Bengal with its giant spinal railgun, um... That will you know take a single pot shot and then move into volley range where they're firing broadsides at each other. Well, they can't get away. I think that's really what they're going to have to do. Yeah. So that's oh what yeah. Yeah. yeah they, if, if things are too fast, then you have the option of getting away. If you can't get away, well, you'll probably have a scenario where where if a ship takes too much damage, instead of trying to burn and like accelerate out of a combat scenario, they will they'll try and jump away. Yeah, I think that's possible. And then too, you said they are increasing the maneuverability. So it allows probably a little more, like I said, what aerobatic types of stuff, but not, you know, kind of keeps things in play longer. I guess is what I'm, what I'm. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah is that, it I mean, aromatic could be. Could be aromatic. <laughs> My cockpit smells fantastic. Thank Ooh, you. Okay. All right. Well, let's like, uh, speaking uh, of boarding leaves. craft, let's let's move on to uh, outside the wire uh, before we get too uh, too far along. Right. Uh, to take a take a minute check in two. with Mark and his uh, his excitements. For the holiday live, or no, it's the anniversary live anniversary stream coming stream. up in just a few days. It's going to be happening on November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, adjust your chronometers accordingly. Uh, but one of the things that we know for sure we're going to get is a new concept sale, and that's going to be the Asperia. It's Asperia, right? Uh, yes. Prowler. And uh, Mark Real. has been waiting for this. Uh, <laughs> For this ship, ever since he was a wee lad, wee lad. yes, and uh, so he has uh, he has some thoughts which he's going to share with us. Now, nah. oh, we have to know. We have to do the thing. Pew 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 pew. inbound. And there it is. Done with the explosion. Okay. So yeah, gentlemen, I thought I'd talk to you a little bit about this prowler thing. It kind of brings up a whole different kind of conversation. We. We've been waiting for it for forever, and by we, I mean me and anyone that really is cool, 
Which... <laughs> <laughs> How big is this ship? You know, to that's be? just it. We have no idea. No idea. How big it is? Four hundred twenty-five dollars. I know it's four twenty-five. So I'm. The problem <laughs> is, you know, I have two, two kind of thoughts here. Um, obviously, we'll know in a few days. But is it? It's either going to be big and just overpriced, or I'm sorry, it's going to be big. I apologize. It'll be big, and be really set for just doing essentially boarding capital ships. Right, it'll be for for your large capital ships. That'll be what it's there for, and it'll hold something like fifty or a hundred guys. Um, I, I think it's either going to be a that, or what it's going to be is it's going to be an extremely overpriced small unit, maybe maybe a squad's worth, maybe like twelve guys, maybe something like that worth of of people. Um, and it's am, just am I just the only one with a name like Asperia Prowler is hoping for a stealth warship? Like the Prowler of the UNSC. Yeah, we, we have a couple of things we do know about. Uh, we know that they said um, that the uh, it's supposed to be stealthy. Uh, that's mm-hmm. part of, that's part of its thing. Okay, now cloaking. Take that as what what you will. Gleep thinks cloaking. Um, and we know that it's uh, it was supposed to be an extremely effective ship. And we also know that it's a, an EVA ship, so it's not a bore. It's not something that bores into the uh, uh, bores into the hull of the other ship. Um, Which is too bad. I was kind of hoping that might you might be able to just you know park it right in the side, right? Just yeah, but it, but in it, there. it may have like grapples. You know what I mean? It may it have, have something. Grapp- yeah, that, it could have yeah, something that sticks it to the how ship. How very reverie. Yeah. yeah, it could very well have something yeah. that actually sticks to the keeps it stuck to the ship. Um, that wouldn't be surprising. But in terms of what I mean, other than that, uh, that's really all we've got on it. Uh, we really don't have any info otherwise. So it's kind of a crap. Well, shoot. if it's a stealthy ship, I imagine you you know. You know, mums the detail, skunkwork style. I want to keep it as quiet as possible. Yeah, and yeah, but I mean, in terms of yeah, in terms of you know where where to put that stuff that you keep in your wallet. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that stuff. Yeah, yeah that's probably I don't important. know. So I thought I, what I'd like to do is assuming we do know some things. We do know that larger ships are going to have places that they can be boarded at. It's not going to be something where you can blow off the side of a ship wherever you want and, and you know make your own hole type of thing. Uh, they had originally kind of thought they'd do that, but then it's just really not possible with the detail they're going into with these ships. So they've got designated areas you can get in. Things like turrets can be blown off and get in through those. You get your doors. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a way to blow out the uh, the front uh, of a ship at some point. You know, the the um, any kind of glass, or, yeah, any kind of cockpit or something on those lines. That's grizzly. Yeah, I could see something like that, like a command, but only like maybe in the command center or something along those lines. I could definitely see something along those. Um, possibly some other predetermined portions of larger ships. Uh, yeah, I can't tell you exactly where. Maybe some kind of weak point or something like that. Some kind of gantry or something like that. Maybe they'll enter and blow off, you know, the hole into. But um, the question is: is a first off, um, what do you guys think? How do you guys? I should say this. How do you guys think boarding is going to be taking place? Do you guys see? Well, we also know that that the ships do have to be stopped. At least that's what they've told us so far. I and mean, that's, what, two years ago they said that? That, you know, in order to board a ship, you had to be stopped. Um, well, if you're EVAing, wouldn't you have to be? Not necessarily. If you're EVAing, you're going as fast as you were when you left the ship. Oh, well, that's true. I think the sucker, the sucker Punch series is going to become uh, very useful very quickly yeah. uh, when, when boarding becomes a thing. I think that the first things that we're going to see... Are the use of those types of weapons to basically, uh, maybe even e warfare, to uh, to cripple you know the ship, get it to the point where it's not going anywhere, and then you know come up on it and board it. 
That's what I'm thinking too. So what do we what do we want this ship to be? I mean, since we don't have much information, let's do the everyone's favorite pastime. Let's speculate. Mm. What would you want it to be? I love the idea of it being a reaver esque type of ship, where you know the first thing that you do is disable it, the second thing that you do is is latch onto it, and uh, and then from there EVA over to it. Yeah, for me, I'm I go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, by all means. Uh, I am a huge fan of the Halo series, and the Halo series has a ship that is the it's called the Prowler, and it's a stealth ECM warship. Uh, it was designed to disrupt and. Uh, intercept communications it had some guns but it was primarily used as a uh, an e-war class warship that would sit at the edge of battles and cause havoc or record information from the enemy uh jam or uh prevent ship functions and i feel like that sounds like to me like the best uh setup for a ship like name like the prowler would be it's you know sits quietly it's got a low signature maybe cloaked um and it's it doesn't fight directly like you would with a, a destroyer, but instead uses stuff like E-War Suites and uh, like the Sucker Punch guns, things to hand, hinder and uh, disable enemy vessels for either capture or simply to tip the battle in favor of your side. Yeah. Now, we know this is specifically a boarding ship, as far as we've been told. So oh, really? Keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah, this is specific. Uh, this, is, this is your, you know, your uh, what they call it. Maybe like a stealth dropship, then? It could be something like that. That's entirely possible. Keep in mind, too, you know, the other option, too, is there are different ways to be stealthy. You've got heat. You've got electron, you know, your electronic signature. You've also got, obviously, visual, right? So the idea, and, and then cross-section. So, between those four things, you have a lot of possibilities. And there's a lot of talk of potentially it having being extremely mechanical. So there's not a whole lot of electronics available. They're doing a lot of things by you know kind of you know, no fly by wire. They're doing things mechanically um, to try to cut down on, on the uh, the electronic signature. Um, having uh, some kind of you know uh, stealth engines or something along those lines that perhaps aren't very. Powerful. I'd love to see heat heat uh, capture a la. Mass Effect Normandy. Exactly, you have some kind of heat capture, or they radiate it radiates it radiates it out of a uh, you know another you know if it radiates it out all on one side, perhaps you turn the other side towards your enemy and hit it in that way. You know, something along those lines. Um, those types of things. Uh, you also have um, uh, what I mean. Then cross section. Uh, it could be anything. It could be something as simple as it's like a fin, so you put that you know the, the light cross section towards them, hit in that way, or all the way to, uh, you know, something that just looks weird, doesn't look like a ship. Um, I mean, just you have to have any sort of radar baffling. Yep, could be something like that. And could, or it could be something like that. Yeah. So, Gleep, what do you think? I want it to be exactly like the Prowler from Halo. Yeah, I actually, I'll be honest with you, I just looked that up and it looks really awesome. So, oh, wouldn't that be funny if they just drop the exact same design, the same level of detail? Yeah, I'm assuming this is a black one with the uh, goofy stuff. Yeah, I mean, this looks cool. So I can and then just sold it. Just said, "Yeah, this is this is it." Yeah, yeah we literally yeah. Just, just well asked Microsoft, and they were fine with us <laughs> using this ship. So there you go. Well, uh, you guys may remember uh, there was at one point the dropship uh, that they were that the what was it? Uh, one of the teams from uh, the uh, the next great starship that basically was a functional pelican. Yeah, and they've had a lot of that stuff, I think, around. And, you know, I mean, they've. You, if you look at like the Polaris, it looks a lot like some Gundam ships that came around. Um, yeah, I mean, you really like one, and I understand it was kind of one of those convergent evolution types of things. Like they just kind of started and did some stuff, and it eventually kind of ended up looking a lot like one. 
So but yeah, I would. I, I love the idea of the the, the prowler from Halo yeah. as being the it, the the ship that they just drop in directly from that universe. Okay, so that would be like, cool. So last but not we least, we asked Microsoft. They said sure. Just just quickly. Yes, uh, we have zero information on the style guide for the Tavaran. Zero information. Ooh, we have yeah, we that's have true. No idea. There's only one picture um, that they did a concept drawing of the a I think that the last battle or essentially had a bunch of vanguard or not vanguards uh, retaliators going in to bomb their homeworld, and all you saw were about a half dozen uh, floating structures. Uh, they're tall. They're kind of not really spindly, but they're they're uh, a lot of right angles, a lot of flat surfaces. Um, sort of blady. Yes, very blady. That's a good way to describe it. Very blade-like. Uh, aren't they like a wartime culture? Like that's their, that's their they thing? They were. They're very war. They're a very warlike culture, but we literally have... I mean, but those... The, the things we've actually seen are what amount to, I mean, any... It could be anything, really. So my question is to you guys, there have been thrown around thoughts of perhaps some kind of Egyptian kind of feel to it, um, mm-hmm. as well as an Asian potentially like kind of a uh, kind of East Asian like Japanese type of you know war you know war culture in terms of that that respect um, uh, I think uh, I think that's about it in terms of the the types I've heard now given no one has has confirmed or denied anything about that but well I hope it's distinctive I hope it's it's not you know it doesn't like oh that just looks like you know you took an RSI ship and a Xi'an ship and just mashed them together. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I can't imagine that they're going to do that. I would imagine that that you're going to see a clear distinction um, in in it being a Tavaran ship. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the interesting thing is too, we have no idea what the Tavaran looked like. Also, right. keep that in mind. Uh, they managed to skirt that completely. So uh, they, they look like um, uh, like uh, yub yubs from uh, <laughs> what are they called? Uh, <laughs> what are they? Ah! From Star Wars. Yeah, what are the yub yubs? What are they? Um, Ewoks? Ewoks. Yeah, Ewoks. Yeah. Yub yubs. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I would buy it in a second. You are a pleb, Gleep. Yub <laughs> yubs. Well, that's my that's yub-yubs. my thoughts, guys. And you know, as far as I go, honestly, I'm trying to keep my options open. I'm trying to keep my rather my mind open to any possibilities. Um, Melting a Connie takes a long time, wallet? so you might want to get started. Yeah, now. you know, and that's the other thing too. I mean, if I were to get this, I'm gonna have to melt everything. So it's gonna have to be something I really, really want. Wee, wee. I'm really hoping they, uh, it, if it it's off. if it's the be all and end all ship for you. Yeah, totes it. worth it. Yeah. Well, the problem is though is I gotta be able to use it for some other stuff too. You know, if yeah, it comes down enough. to where basically I can only use it for boarding, which is fine if it's a purpose built craft. But I'm hoping it'll be more like maybe like a terrapin where you're, yeah okay it's I mean it's built for this but you got some options potentially you know oh we'll give, we'll give you rides I think the terrapin we'll give you itself rides. is pretty limited well it is but but at least that has a little more you know they, they've said you know you can use them to search and rescue and stuff like that and we've talked about that how it doesn't actually have any real way of doing that besides having guys stand in the corner type of thing but yet um, yet yeah a little storage space would be nice or may, maybe a way to remove the seats and stick a little storage in there just because cargo rack yeah cargo rack things like that just for I mean really realistically you'd have that anyway uh, just for you know follow up equipment things like that uh, heavier guns um, you know supplies things like that you'd have to once you boarded took the craft you'd probably need those in order to you know retain the craft so it's not impossible to have some kind of storage capacity or some ability to do that otherwise I'm going to just be throwing things on people's laps so <laughs> well um, I when do you think in the presentation they're going to they're going to drop it you think they're going to drop it right up front or are they going to make us wait they better do it right up front otherwise I'm probably going to not be able to handle it 
So okay, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna do it at the very end, right? Oh god, no, because they want the whole uh, time to be able to talk about it and people get really hyped about it. And, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't yeah, drop it at yeah. the end because then they don't have all that time for uh, you know people. No, no, stuff. just 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 to frustrate you. Oh, just to frustrate me. All right, well, if anyone actually listens to this from CIG, uh, don't do that. You'll, you'll <laughs> okay. make an enemy. You don't want me as an enemy. Oh. Before we're approaching the one hour mark, so before we move on, everybody give us one prediction for something else you expect to see at uh, in the uh, live stream event. I am wholeheartedly hoping to see the hoplite in action. Ooh, that's a good All right. I, okay, Jimmy? I, I am hoping to see uh, a release of 2.6. Okay. Oh, there it is. Mark? Uh, I'm hoping to skip right past 2.6 and see a release of 3.0. Nice. I want my vertical slice. I want my oh, vertical slice right. of the Squadron 42. Oh, yeah. God, well, okay, they, I changed they mine. They have said nothing, yay or nay, about it. So I'm, I don't know why I would think that's a good sign, but I'm, I am hopeful uh, for vertical slicage. Who? I want my MTV. Fair enough. I want my MTV. MTV. Gotta move oh. these couches. <laughs> these Gotta microwave move these ovens. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Mark, for that. I mean, we're all excited. We're all uh, anxiously uh, looking forward to it. Those of us on the West Coast, we could potentially lose our jobs over this because it is happening right in the middle of the workday. So, well, mine's happening in the afternoon in the workday. So, you know, same thing goes for me. Ah, you know, four o'clock for you on a Friday afternoon. Who's watching? Who's paying exactly. attention? Exactly. Are you kidding? That's when everything. Everyone. I'm, I'm oh yeah. Insurance no, that agent, like, that's when everyone calls. Oh my gosh! I, <laughs> yeah, totally, I, first, I totally forgot I had to get yep. this done. Yep. Yep. For yeah. me in it, in it, it's like four o'clock is either, eh, everybody's gone home, or oh god, oh god, oh god, we're all gonna die. Like <laughs> it's one or the other. It is never like ah, eh, we're just sort of busy. All right. Well. um... Let's move on. We have a forum report from uh, from Jonto, which I'd like to go through here, and there will uh, obviously there will be links to all of these in the show notes. So definitely uh, uh, stuff worth checking out. Uh, from Cashew Matrix, we have a thread here about how much is your game time worth, and so you know, uh, looking forward to the um, uh, the release of uh, of the PU and uh, how it is that uh, folks, you know, because there's always been that sort of that conversation going on about um, or that the game is being tailored. Uh, for folks that have more money than time, you have the option to uh, to to back and uh, you know uh, get in exchange uh, receive ships, uh, which will allow you to uh, make the most out of the limited gaming time you have. I think a lot of us fall into that uh, yeah. that category. And then uh, other folks who have more time than money, they're going to be able to you know take that and clean out our rough starter package, and they're going to work it into a dynasty, you know, because they don't have jobs or something. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, an interesting thread there. Definitely uh, check that out. Um, Spoiler: the answer for Gleep is the the cost of uh, hydrogen fuel it takes to melt something at that moment. I use Sterno. It's actually my my. I got a really <laughs> you only really use good like deal. a like a TIG or a, a stick welder. No, just, no, I got <laughs> just cans of Sterno everywhere. Wow, <laughs> it's kind of pretty actually. Um, from uh, from Serpico, we have a thread uh, warming up my Lancer, and uh, so there's a, a conversation in there about um, about slow burning excitement for the arrival of Star Citizen, and uh, he uh, looks at the new updates, uh, and uh, he's uh, making plans for his freelancer uh, to take it out to visit various parts of the stand system uh, in 3.0. So uh, definitely, um, you know, go and check that thread out. 
from uh, oh yeah, we had a, a very belated happy birthday wishes to a Jamster uh, who uh, celebrated his twentieth birthday, uh, and his his sister cr- uh, baked for him a birthday cake with a uh, a reliant on top that she constructed. I'm, I'm assuming out of frosting and and, and uh, which is other cake materials is very very cool. Mm-hmm. And there's a penguin, a space penguin yep, too. Because so. why not? Yeah, exactly. Because so I, space penguins and a chimpanzee uh, birthday card. Exactly. So that that was very cool. Yes. Uh, so definitely uh, uh, go go check that out. And happy birthday, Jamster! Mm-hmm. Um, Wooten's laser etched those guys with ships Star Citizen glasses. These are pretty amazing. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of want one of these. Wow, yeah, I, I, I really want one of those. Yeah. So um, uh, that's uh, definitely very cool. Uh, check that out. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there are any plans for producing these. But Ooh, uh, what's uh, what's it going to take to get uh, get the podcast crew one yeah. of these? What's going on here? Yeah. You let me know. Yeah. We need to make this happen. Yeah. It's got to hold a pint of Guinness, or, or in my case, a delightful cup of coffee. Or a delightful exactly. cup of coffee. Either way will work. Exactly. Um, and then I wanted to uh, give a shout out to um, our friend Shadow Fox, uh, who um, huh, that link appears yeah, to that me. That link dead. is dead. That link is dead. I will fix that. Shadow Fox did an extra live stream uh, last week, I believe it was, uh, raising money for uh, children's charities. And uh, a few of us, I know Ace, you went out and you played with him for a while, I think. Mm-hmm. And and um, so, uh, you know, definitely a good cause and, uh, you know, really want to acknowledge uh, folks that, uh, that that go to the effort to, uh, to help others. And... Um, uh, so, uh, Shadow Fox, thank you very much for uh, for um, you know doing that and including our community uh, in uh, your good deed. So, um, uh, hooray to you, sir! Um, and then, um, real uh, quickly, I want to mention uh, that uh, I think we discussed on the last show uh, 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 GTA GTA uh, Five. Uh, getting together with some of the, the folks to play that, and uh, we've had a couple of GTA Five Fridays that have been a lot of fun. Uh, Jonto, myself, Hardpoint, Fabled, and Turd have all gotten together and uh, raised havoc on uh, Los Santos. Uh, went cruising cruising near the area where Citizen Con was uh, was held uh, in 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 the game world, and actually, it's kind of cool. There is. Um, uh, a place where Turd used to work is actually modeled in the game. So we, we go by there and throw bottles through the windows. It's it's a lot of fun. So, so I, I never, and I know this will be shocking, but I've never played any any of the uh, GTA games except for the what? very first one. Yeah, that's surprising considering your your interest in the uh, shadier setup proclivities. I just just one I of those you'd be all over that. Stuff. That's just one of those games that I've never really picked up. Like I said, I played the very very first one on like the you know on PlayStation. Right. Um, Basically, my extent of that of those games is like kill a random civilian and then enjoy the ever escalating intense battle with the cops. Yep. Why are so, we house? Yeah. Is there any like leveling required, or is it like one of those things where if I decided to to come out on Fridays, I could just log in, create a character, and and go? GTA Online, you do level, and levels allow you access to uh, start things, to start particular kinds of missions, I believe, um, but. And I don't think that there are, if there are levels to, uh, barriers to entry as far as participating in activities, I think those levels are pretty low. Like stuff that, you know, in the, over the course of an evening you would, um, you would uh, 
complete. Okay. Um, um, and I know I'm. I was able to port my character from the PlayStation over to uh, to the PC, so I'm up like level twenty five. There there are people in there that are like level two hundred, um, but most of the rest of the group are around ten or twelve, uh, level ten or twelve, and. Uh, we uh, there are a couple of things that are still we're still figuring out how to uh, how to do. But uh, when all else fails, um, you can just all get together in a car and and, uh, and run each other over, which we did quite a bit the other night. Well, so. it's one of those. That's the nice thing about the sandbox games. You kind of it's, it's that uh, emerging gameplay. You kind of find something to do. What's there not to yeah. have fun with? We have a bunch of guys. You have five guys all in a car. All causing trouble with guns and no consequences, and wearing flip flops. <laughs> and everybody was wearing flip flops. Yeah, yeah, everyone got some weird, like crazy. It. Yeah, exactly. So something's going to happen, and you're probably going to have a good time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So just want to mention that. So folks, if you have GTA Five um, um, and are interested, uh, you know, come on, come on. Now, out. is there any limit to the amount of people you can have in a, I don't know, a party or something like that? That's, I, was, I don't think okay. so. I think, but there are, you know, for some of the heists and some of the jobs, there are there are limits. Like there are um, four player heists or jobs, and then eight player jobs. Uh, but just for for roaming around uh, creating mischief, um, I think it's just it's limited by your imagination, okay. Mark. All right, all right. And uh, Mark, you have a puppy with a log. I have a kitten with paws. Oh, there you go. Aww. Oh, the yeah. kitty! What's the rest of that kitten look like? Yeah, he wants he wants to come in and or she. That's actually the the, the female. She wants to come in and help record, but I, I am forbidding it. <laughs> All right. So in the organization, God, it's been a while since we've done this. Uh, so we have quite a few new members to um, uh, to uh, recognize and acknowledge. Uh, we're up to three hundred and forty members strong now. And Mark, uh, where does that put us on, on the uh, on the coolness ranking? Uh, coolness ranking of ca- the most casualness. We are currently ah. number seventeen according to NC stats. Uh, that now keep in mind that is for total players. Uh, that I think we actually have about half and half for in terms of members and then affiliates. I think is the way it was like one hundred and eighty and one hundred and fifty or something like that. However, that equals out. So Neat. Uh, yeah, not. Not too bad, I think, for a uh, group of guys with ships looking to do things. The dude dude abides. uh, The dude abides. Seven days to die tonight. There's a whole pass of them down there. Passel. I'm sure. Is that that as bigger than a score, or is that less than a... It's about the same size as a bushel. Yeah. A bushel. More than a skosh, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, so new members to the organization at RSI. War Master Chief joined us. He said, hi, guys, love your podcast. Hopefully you accept my application so I can join you guys. Application accepted. Simpatico joined us, said, hello, I found Star Citizen through the various news outlets that have covered the game. Only in the past few months did I find it at a spot where I could fully commit and get behind it. It truly is the game I've always wanted to play, having grown up playing Wing Commander, Privateer, and Ultima Online, among many others, of course. Chris Roberts as a game designer and the absolutely outrageous, ambitious nature of the project are what got me hooked. Or what got me hook, line, and sinker. I have only a few hours per night to play with a 15-month-old and working in the esports division at WMEIMG. I don't know. Jimmy, do you know that organization? No. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my playtime certainly isn't what it used to be, so I'm looking for cool, mature, cooperative people to make the absolute most of my playtime and hopefully ignite some great new friendships. Having listened to the podcast for a while now, it's clear that you guys are fostering that type of gaming community. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, totally. Uh, 
Some of my best friends are the result of playing MMOs, and I hope to continue that tradition as Star Citizen is shaping up to be the game I exclusively play for years, which is what tends to happen when I fall into a game completely. Currently, I have an Avenger Stalker and Saber in my hangar. Thank you for your time. Well, welcome, Simpatico. It's great to have you aboard. Redian Willing joined us, said, Hi, guys. With ships, I'm fairly new to Star Citizen. Started up literally the day 2.5 dropped. I didn't realize that it hit that day until I had to re-download the client again when I actually fired it up. Wah, 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 wah. Can you imagine having to doing that download twice on the same day? Uh, I hope you had a fast uh, internet. Mm. I came from a pretty heavy stint on Elite Dangerous, which I loved, but it did get a little repetitive after a while. I'm really excited about the gameplay options and depth of immersion that Star Citizen is looking to create. I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple of months. You guys do a great job, and you're really helping me to immerse myself in Star Citizen. Well, thank you. Even though it's still an alpha. I think the flight mechanics of the ships and definitely the first time I went EVA to go inside a comm satellite are what hooked me on Star Citizen. I really, I'm really looking forward to planetary landing in 3.0. And seriously, the couple of demos we saw recently, Gamescom and CitizenCon, come on, this game is going to be amazing. I have a definite interest in mining slash space trucking slash smuggling so far. I recently upgraded to a Freelancer, which is so far my favorite ship to fly. And bought a Dragonfly. Space Hog, yes. Uh, so I can putz around planet side when that becomes a reality. My current ships his current ships are an Aurora, it's a starter ship, a Freelancer. He's eyeing the Max variant eventually. Upgraded from an Argo with LTI to the Dragonfly Black. Like again with the Space Hog. Thanks for everything you guys do with your ships and without them. I really look forward to hopefully meeting and chatting with you guys in the verse. Well, thank you, Red and Willing. And he came out and played with us, um, God, it's been a couple weeks back ago on a Sunday. So um, it's uh, nice to, uh, to have him aboard and to get a chance to uh, meet him uh, in the chats. Sardonis joined us, said, Backers, since August 2014, I've been lurking for two years. With the game being in a playable state and the excitement of the near future, I've become active once again. No stranger to MMOs, I enjoy an active community to mesh into into to find a place in the universe with a good group of people. I fly a 325A. I've not found any piece of this game that I don't enjoy. I've kept an eye on the game since the Kickstarter program. Well, welcome. Finn joined us, said hello. <laughs> this, I, I like this, this is fun. My name is Todd, and it was a pleasure meeting many members of your org at CitizenCon. Remember, he we met him in line while we were waiting to get inside. Oh yeah, he he was the, he was one of the volunteers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank oh, you for yeah, yeah. Hey, he was really nice. He was. Yeah. Todd was a really nice guy. He said thank you for the shout out on your podcast because we had mentioned that we had uh, had met him. I uh, really cheered me up as I struggled with adjusting to my return to the real world and my real job. Anyway, I would very much like to join your organization. My handle is... Okay, I'll go good, for good it. gravy. <laughs> Negustor Despodeste. Amazing. I'm, I feel like he, he chose that reason specifically knowing that you would have to read that on the podcast. No, it, no, no actually, it's even better than that. I chose that name because Fishmonger was taken in every language I tried except Romanian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Impressive. I have the following ships, a Terrapin, a Herald, a Vanguard, Warden, a Carrick, a 315P, that's a nice hanger, Dragonfly, and an Aquila, which will, becoming a, which will become a Starfarer soon. Hope to be flying with you soon. Well, welcome, Finn. It's great to have you aboard, and it was very nice meeting you at CitizenCon. 
Citizen Trick joined us. He said, I'm retired military and my family bought me No Man's Sky thinking it would be good for me to go and get lost in the universe. Aww. Like everyone, I was very disappointed <laughs> oh, with it. That's a bummer. <laughs> so I searched for something that would fill my need for escapism and found Star Citizen. I am hooked now and have the luxury of time apart from the renovations I'm supposed to be doing. I'm assuming that's on his house. I have an Aurora MR, Freelancer Max, and a Buccaneer. I have my own organization, so am I allowed to be affiliated with you guys? Well, of course you are. Yes. I, he says, I don't comprehend poop well anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Um, regards, Trick. Well, welcome, Citizen Trick. It's, it's great to have you on board as an affiliate. Uh, member, uh, affiliate, um, you know, whatever works for you works for yeah, us. Yeah, he actually stopped by the uh, team, or team speak one day, and he started talking to me. Something happened, and he got disconnected, and I waited for like an hour because he was mm-hmm. a new guy. I wanted to talk to him, and then he never came back. So, Citizen Trick, oh. uh, I got you. Us vets are together. Uh, we will definitely, definitely hook up to, to keep that in mind. Yes, yes, fantastic. <clears throat> Sir Big Nuts joined us. <laughs> and and yes, his I wonder av- if he was knighted. His his oh, his avatar is in fact a male squirrel, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I found Star Citizen back in 2014 after Googling for space sim games. I've got the Caterpillar, Cutlass Blues, Sabre, three dragonflies, and have been listening to your podcast for at least a year now. I'm a major in the U.S. Army and promise to play nice with others. Well, welcome, Sir Big Nuts. Next Umbra joined us and hey guys Dwayne L also known as Next Umbra which is Latin for Death Shadow I've been planning to join your org for a bit now after listening to the podcast you guys sound like a fun group of guys keep up the great podcast and thank you for all the great insight and news well you're welcome and welcome the only Kanto joined us. Now, this is actually a, a good, fr- a good, <laughs> a good friend of John's. Actually, I would hope so. In, in yeah. real life, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like I feel like Jonto has uh, set off a trend. Now we're going to have a rash of the only somethings. <laughs> mm-hmm. He says, although I have only played this game for about four hours and currently have but one Aurora MR in my possession, I humbly request to join your ranks and partake in the exploration of the universe of Star Citizen. I love everything sci-fi and grew up watching such classics as Lost in Space, Star Wars, and Star Trek, and hope to get similar content and experiences in Star Citizen that some of my favorite characters had in those sci-fi flicks. I would like to end my application with the immortal words of another spaceman, David Bowie. Though I'm past 100,000 miles, I'm feeling very still, and I think my spaceship knows which way to go. Aww. Aww. Aww, David Bowie. Good choice. Aww. Good That's choice. Sad now. Welcome, the only Kanto. It's, um, it's uh, nice to, uh, to have you aboard. Oh, boy. Somebody help me with this one. <laughs> Wal- nope. Walch Gwyn? You... Gwal- I feel like you should just, Hi, that like, wasn't bad. Uh, Walch Gwyn. I'm going Gwalch- with Walch Gwyn. Walch Gwyn? Yeah. I hey, there's a guys. letter in there somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, and it's probably more than just two syllables. There's <laughs> a, a silent K in there somewhere. Please <laughs> yeah. t- tell us how to say your name. I'm so fascinated now. Hey guys, I found out about Star Citizen from a coworker last year. I got my first package in November 2015, which was the Freelancer. I since gotten the Super Hornet, Starfarer, Caterpillar, five Dragonflies. That's nice. Uh, Mega Explorer Pack, Argo Pack, Reliant Core, Buccaneer, Prospector, and finally the Polaris. Good gravy. I am waiting now to see what the November sale has to offer. <laughs> Slow wow. down, cowboy. Right. 
I want to get a whole C or D and the Endeavor. So here's hoping. Oh, and I listen to you guys on your podcast on the Google Music. Thanks. And his actual, uh, his mama probably calls him Donald. Um, Vega Rising joined us, said, Hello, I'm, I started listening to your podcast after getting hooked on this amazing game. Thanks for all the great info. Hope to see you soon in the verse. Thank you for joining, Vega. Cannon Fodder 18 joined us and said, I am responding to your recruiting advert for the Versecast Red Shirt Corps. <laughs> My qualifications are top notch. If you need a guy to charge ahead out in front of the safety of the pack, I'm your man. My 300i has been tuned for speed and loaded with highly volatile, con- volatile combustible bulls. So to make the biggest boom possible to alert the rest of the force if danger is near. Eagerly awaiting in-game ship customization so I can finally outfit my personal craft with my preferred paint scheme of concentric red and white rings. (laughs) And matching flight suit. Oh boy. So thank you for your consideration. Hope to see you in the verse soon, however briefly. Cannon fodder out. (laughs) That is big. Bada boom. And incidentally, that, that, that needs to be some kind of official uh, those guys with ships group. The Red Shirt Corps. Corps. Yeah. It's just amazing. Oh. <laughs> that is fantastic. And then with cannon fodder. And then they can they can they can fight else. against the, the ping pong balls, and the ping pong balls will never hit them and the red shirt corps will just die anyway. Yes. You lost uh, stormtroopers. 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 Stormtroopers fight the red shirt. See, and that they miss every shot, and everyone dies. I can, I'm, I'm uh, we're falling now. Uh, clever. Okay. That yeah, was, we're, we're there. That a was long a way to go. Took a moment. Okay. <clears throat> so, what's brown and sticky? Uh, a stick. Uh, <sighs> and finally, are you losing my mind? Joined us today. I believe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I found Star Citizen because I have recently started playing the old X-Wing games on DOS again. Hey, there you go. Yeah! It was as fun as I ever remember it being, but I wanted a more modern space sim. Google brought me to RSI. I am a backer, but don't have any ships. My current desktop will not run Star Citizen. It is nearly eight years old, but the good news is I am due for an upgrade and will be in the PU as soon as I can build a new rig. Which may be a few months because the wife is very pregnant. <laughs> One, One step, step at a time. time. Oh, she'll be pregnant well, for a while. Well, are you You're losing fine. my mind? Yeah. In the meantime, if you have a copy of Steam, get yourself a pick up a copy of X Wing Alliance. It'll satisfy your your uh, X Wing space sim needs for the time being. There you go. And come come on, play with Ace. Ace Ace yeah. loves that. Those I would love to have people to play with. All right. And then over at the website, we've had a bunch of new people joined us. Old Rusty joined, as did Corporal Hicks, Simpatico, Ready and Willen, Warmaster Chief, Sardanus, V-O-B. And I don't, know, I don't know how he did this on the website, but he managed to put a, the Greek letter, letter beta as the third letter in his name. So Fancy. Um, yeah, grats to you, sir. Uh, BWC Dr. Zombe, Mobius Cannon Fodder 18, and uh, just uh, today, I think it was, uh, Wolf Larson SC joined us. And so uh, he was another person we had uh, the pleasure of meeting at uh, CitizenCon. I had a real good time talking to him. So uh, welcome, Wolf. It's, it's great to have you on board. Come out and play with us. Yay! Yay! Yay. 
And, oh my gosh, we may have to save this one for next time, but Foxen sent uh, us an email, and uh, he uh, it's about um, survival, um, and uh, survival in the game, and this is something definitely we yes, want to Yes, let's discuss this yeah, one let's I really want to talk about show. this, too. Let's, uh, let's yeah, yeah, so this, this I, is, have my, I have my own thoughts about survival and Ooh, we've all got thoughts. Yeah, let's gather your oh, thoughts, yes. gentlemen. Let's, let's put a tag mm-hmm. in this one. So um, it's an excellent topic. Thank you, Foxen, for sending it in, and we will discuss it next time. All right, or the time after that, depending upon what next time looks like, because we're going to have the live stream, and we don't know what's going to happen there, but we will talk about it. All righty, then. Awkward silence. (laughs) Nice. So, speaking of what's coming up, uh, oh my gosh, so Jimmy Jimmy is guaranteeing, uh, uh, take this to the bank, that we will have a 2.6 release coming up on Friday. Yeah, Way I, to go, Jimmy. Yes, I knew we could count on you. I've, I've, yep. I've, I've Jimmy said it first. Way to simultaneously Wait. raise and then crush my hopes. Please send all your hate <laughs> mail to Jimmy at firstcast.org. Mm-hmm. Live stream November 18th, Friday. This coming up next, 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, quitting time for Mark. <laughs> and... Yes. And as always, uh, we have our Sunday meetups and uh, uh, the Friday night uh, um, GTA uh, gatherings. So um, if you are um, are inter- interested in that, uh, definitely uh, do come out uh, too and join us there. Guys, anything else? As you tell them that more than likely people will be on the TeamSpeak server watching the live stream. Tends to happen pretty much every... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's usually an audience. Yeah, yeah. Every time it does, Absolutely. more than likely you will find a whole slew of people on TeamSpeak uh, ooing yes. and ahhing as point. the... Uh, Munching yeah. on popcorn. Exactly, as it hootin goes. And so Hooting and hollering. Hooting and doing a little hollering. Hooting and hollering. Uh, I guess the only thing I would mention for our last bit is that I recently picked up Titanfall 2, and if you have it, come play with me. Uh, I've got I've got it uh, tagged on Steam and Origin, and I would love for some more TGWS people stomping around in giant robots. On PC. Giant yep. robot. Okay. All right. Isn't, isn't that one cross-platform? I don't know. Probably. No, Gears of War is. Well, I think pretty much at this point, if you cool. buy an Xbox version of a game, mm-hmm. you can play it, it on you PC. You can pretty much play you get You get the free version on PC as well. I think that tends to be what they're doing right now. Well, I can... I mean, are you are you in Origin? If you're in Origin, I can find you if you have a copy. I but, do not have a copy. I was just wondering. Okay. But yeah, wondering. stomp it around in big, giant robots. It's a lot robots. of fun. All right. Yes, it is a lot of fun because you can make things go... <laughs> Oh yeah, there is, and there is a mechanic for that. You can stomp on people. <laughs> All right. So, and the the Sunday meetups. Watch for the tweets. So, please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's e n j i n dot com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. And I think they're they're doing other days too. But yes, um, they are. I don't have the the schedule in front of me so I can't uh, alliterate on that uh, any further. Remember that we are now available on the Google Play Music, which uh, one of the folks that just joined us listened to us on. So, hey, 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 there you go. You can reach the podcast. Email wearecoms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to check out the hashtag TGWS, or to use that hashtag, and check it out, too. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertsspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Ace, if you would, please escort Gracie from the building now. Ah, uh, fantastic. 
Are you? Have you given your? Oh, you have given your. Ah, he just well, he good, just lobbed the just softest I mean, of balls at gave you. Gave you a bear hug with it. Come on now. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> that feels so good to say. God. Thank you. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy. Uh, my name is uh, Jimmy, and you can find me spending the entire night editing a show that is now twenty minutes overdue. <laughs> you know, I should point out that now is when I should be saying good night, Gracie. So indeed, good night, Gracie. My name is Ace Asmin. You can find all my information in the show notes. I am also most chatty here in the Team Speak. You should find me in here playing all sorts of stuff: Planet Side Two, uh, Titanfall. Uh, Star Citizen, some old '90s space sim. Just come, come by and say hello. Mark, uh, I am Mark. You can find me at Mad Cow something something or another somewhere. Some <laughs> probably in the show notes. <laughs> Someone's uh, tired. Otherwise, uh, feel free to invest in my newest venture. Uh, I think you guys will really be interested in this. It's uh, giving rats haircuts. Uh, what we do Ooh. is we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't think it's that popular, but it turns out there are a lot of rats around. And and more importantly, they have a lot of terrible haircuts. So what we try to do is really just you know harness our artistic ability, come up with something really interesting, apply it to rat portions. I guess is what you call that. Uh, we have one artist that particularly likes to do Monets on the backside of rats. Uh, <laughs> not not as good as you'd think it was. Uh, he may be on something, but regardless, you know it's the it's the, it's the thought that counts. So if you're interested in that, please go ahead and go to our red website. Uh, that's ratcuts.com, uh, and uh, you know go ahead and uh, go ahead and hit that button. Leave me some money. Uh, I only take <laughs> denominations of a hundred rubles or more. So just keep that in mind. Uh, otherwise, uh, that's really all I've got for this tonight, gentlemen. And uh, you know I'd like to go ahead and sign off. Not to be confused so, so, with catcuts.com? No, no, no. Much of the catcuts, <laughs> that was a very failed venture. Unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, uh, back uh, backroom money going on there, and we don't really want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so if you're giving a rat a haircut, can you give him a rat tail? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Where do you think I came up with the idea, Ace? So, I was sitting here, huh? and somehow, for some reason, yeah. I thought of rat tails when you were talking about the 90s. I said, perfect, rat haircuts. There we go. That's what we're doing. <sighs> you figured out my method. Un- Till next time, then. We are those guys with ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. Hola. No, adios. See you. My kid. 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 That, uh, My cats will sit on your face because <laughs> oh, they, they decided it's comfortable. Are they like the fat, like, kind of whatever cats that act kind of like dogs? They are, they are friendly to a fault. Like, mm-hmm. if you are eating dinner or playing video games or whatever, they're like, can I sit in your lap? No, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. Oh, oh, are you sleeping? Let me put my butthole on your face. Mm. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs>